Thank you for tuning in to the Historic Restorations Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, historic-restorations.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historic home. If you've not yet done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash historic restorations. Welcome to the Historic Restorations Podcast, hosted by Danielle Kepperling. Historic Restorations is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. Thank you for joining us for the Historic Restorations Podcast. Today we have Allison Hardy She is the owner of Window Woman of New England Incorporated. Her company restores windows in the north of Boston, Merrimack Valley region. Allison has a BA from Denison University and an MBA from Boston University, only some of which is useful when scraping paint. When not restoring windows for other people, she works on restoring her 1850s farmhouse in Topsfield, Massachusetts. Allison, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Danielle. Thank you. Um, so I, I know that we we have met in person a couple of times. So I'm I'm excited to to have you here to share your knowledge and and expertise. Um, how did you get started in preservation? It kind of sounds like it was a a, a meandering uh, uh, road similar to mine. Indeed, this is about my third career. Um, I actually uh, trained to do textile design and costume design and did that for many years and um, sold large format printers for printing textiles. But then when my husband and I bought an old house, suddenly, um, like most people in preservation, you start looking at your old house and appreciating your old house and getting interested in old houses. So it really came about um, from owning a wreck of a house with windows in terrible condition. And I said, this is crazy. I must be able to fix these somehow. Very good. So did you, you started restoring your, your windows yourself? Did you, did you learn yourself or did you take some classes? How did you, how did you figure out what you needed to do? I am self-taught. Um, luckily, uh, my husband builds furniture as a hobby. So he had a wood, wood shop, which was very handy. Um, and then I am one of those people who will just go out and research a project to death. So. You know, I read as much as I could, went to some events on preservation and talked to as many people as I could and just started chipping away at paint and figuring out how to re-putty a window, which is daunting at first. But after you do a couple hundred, you get really good at it. Right. We joke that people, if they're going to try to do it themselves, should start in the back of the house. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely uh, somewhere you don't want to see. In fact, the house that we're in now, um, the first windows that I did are embarrassing. Oh, no. <laughs> they're, my, they're my walk of shame every day. I'm like, oh, I really should redo those because, you know, I just didn't have the patience for getting all of the paint off and, and doing all of the 
repair techniques that now we do. Right. And the, and the, the, the little details do matter. We, we try to impart that too, to, to our employees that, you know, just because you're scraping paint doesn't mean that that's not one of the most important things that you're doing on this window. True. And it's funny. uh, We just had a batch of windows come in that had been uh, scraped by an abatement company and my crew is horrified at how badly they were done. So I'm like, well, that's why we insist on being neat and tidy and doing things so that you don't harm the window, you actually make it better. Yes, yes. Important lessons. So how did you get started then um, selling or selling your services to to the public? Well, funny enough, uh, a friend of ours uh, bought an apartment building in uh, a town not far from us and said, you know, it's got a bunch of windows in horrible shape. Do you want to tackle those? And I thought, sure, why not? Um, I'll give you a hand, which turned out to be a huge project. I've never seen so much nicotine on a window in my life. But that was sort of the uh, cutting teeth to, yes, I think I can do this for other people. Um, And then, you know, God bless America, you can hang out a shingle and start a business. And that's pretty much what I did. And, you know, started off with some projects for friends. And then those friends knew other people. I mean, the good thing about the old old house world is that they all talk to each other about products and services and suppliers. So um, luckily the word got out quickly. Right. That, that's one thing I've noticed too, is that um, people are very willing to share their knowledge and information, which is very helpful. And, you know, even, even, you know, contractors and craftspeople, you know, they will share the information because it's not, even though you might be a competitor, you still, everybody is working towards the same goal. And it seems like, you know, once you find people who cherish older houses and older buildings, um, we want, we want to support those businesses and we want to let other people know that this is a contractor or, or somebody who, who gets old houses just like we do instead of the rip them apart and, and make them into planned cottages. Yes. <laughs> so. yes. So that kind of takes us into uh, my next question. Why do you uh, preserve windows? What makes you passionate about this? I do so many estimates now, and it's always amazing to me the condition of older original windows. You know, to somebody who's not as as observant as I am about windows, um, they may look terrible. The paint's peeling, the glazing's falling off. But to me, I'm like, but look at the corners and the joints. They're still in really good shape. They're still beautifully built. They're still um, serving their function. They fit the building. And so if we just do a little bit of repairs to them, they'll they'll be beautiful again. Um, and it's, and it's exciting because most people who call me in kind of know that in the back of their mind. Right. So it's a, a validation of saying, I thought they looked pretty good. I'm like, yes, they are really good. Let's see. <laughs> yes. Uh, you don't have to listen to the person that told you, you just need to get new windows. Right. I, I know. I always use the analogy. Like if you got a flat tire, would somebody say you had to throw out the car and get a new one? It's, same thing. You have a broken sash rope. It's not the end of the world. It can be fixed. Right. Right. Very, very, very true. So since you kind of have been learning as you go and, and, and so what do you wish that you knew when you started that you know now? I think if I had any idea how much time was required for doing windows, I probably would have been terrified, but you know, it, it is, you have to acknowledge that it's a very labor intensive process and there's not many shortcuts. Uh, if you do take shortcuts, there's usually, it ends up costing you in the long run. So um, I think if I, if I really had thought about how much time was involved, I, I, I probably would have uh, had a different idea. 
<laughs> yes. Well, and that's true. And that's one thing that I've been trying to explain to people that the majority of our cost is labor. We're, we're paying people to do this work. Um, and yes, glass isn't a big expense. The right. wood isn't a big expense. It's just the people. Right, right. So um, did you, have you made any like major mistakes that you're willing to make a public confession about? Uh, you know, I think undercharging in the beginning yeah. um, makes my life a lot more difficult. <laughs> yeah, Once you, you start charging fairly, your life gets a little bit better. That that, <laughs> that is that is really true, and and that's a from a business standpoint, that's I think pretty typical for uh, for people who especially are doing the hands on work and think they they do undervalue the contributions that they're making. It's true. It's um, it's hard to believe that, you know, people don't people don't really know what kind of value and cost to assign to window repairs. Um, they know what replacement windows cost if they've been shopping around, but they really don't know. And so it's up to us to give a fair price that we know how much time it's going to take and we know what we need to do to get it done right. And it's going to cost. It's not it's not a cheap process. We try to be as efficient as we can. But at the end of the day, it's still labor hours. Right. Yeah, and I and I have to say, yeah, the 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 other big mistake that I I am always teetering on the edge of is um, I got asked to look at a project and and the client said, well, you know, I had your competitor work on my last house and I don't want to have them back and I get all puffed up and go, yes, because we're better. And it turns out that that's a very bad, bad mistake because they're usually very bad clients. So. Right. <laughs> Right. I've learned to not get my ego all puffed up <laughs> and think that we're better than the other guy. No, it's sometimes they're just bad clients. Yeah, yeah, and that that's true. And and sometimes you do have to kind of see those warning signs and see how the the development process goes before you make a commitment to them. Yeah, yeah. So, what is the biggest challenge that you see in preservation, or even just in your in your corner of preservation? I know, my very tiny corner of windows. Um, really, the hard thing is awareness. I can't tell you how many times people say, I had no idea anybody did this type of work. I had no idea anybody did this type of work. And it's frustrating because, um, you know, we don't have the big advertising budgets of, of the large replacement companies. And um, it's, you know, it, we're, we're very small voices out in the world, and it's hard to get the message out there. I think that's why we're so grateful to word of mouth is that that's the most efficient way we can to spread the message, but it's slow and painful and um, there's nothing worse than, than finding out that somebody replaced their windows unnecessarily because they just had no idea that they had an option. That That's very true. And we're fighting the mentality of the past 50 or 60 years of, of um, being product installers rather than craftspeople, too, and looking looking at it as a something that's repairable rather than just having to replace it. And but all of that has been pushed by advertising. So that is that is a very big um, challenge within preservation. And, and I think we all sort of cringe at the, um, the TV shows that that people just take sledgehammers to buildings without even stopping to think about it, or at least not on camera, they stop to think about it. And it, it's so maddening as a preservationist to go, why are they just taking it down in the most destructive way possible? Like, you can you can take a cabinet off a wall without having to take a sledgehammer to it. 
it just drives me crazy. Right. But it, w- it wouldn't be as good TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are, do you see any trends in preservation? Um, any, any maybe glimmers of hope? You know, I have I have been doing some estimates recently for young couples who are buying their first house. And I keep hearing this, you know, I want to I want to do it right. I want to be real. Um, You know, I grew up in a house with vinyl windows. I grew up in a house with vinyl siding and I don't want my children to grow up in that kind of house. So I think this whole makers movement, um, you know, people wanting to to get their hands dirty and to to do um, projects and to build things is very encouraging because once you once you do get your hands on something, then you start to appreciate it more. And um, so that to me has been exciting to hear people talk about, you know, they want to save things instead of throwing them away. I'm like, thank you. Finally, we're getting to that point where we understand how bad all of the debris we create is. Yes. Yes. And, and I, I think it's a, I think it is values and it's a mentality because, you know, I'll, I'll even take like shoes to get fixed and, and, you know, clothes to the tailor. And it is, it's a different, it's a different mentality of you don't have to just go out and get new. You can fix what you have. And especially if you have a good quality and then you're not, it's really not more expensive because you're not, you know, paying it over and over again. Right. Um, We've had great success of going to um, some of the green fairs, um, even a lot of um, events that focus on local and sustainable foods, because that same mentality carries forward into your house. You know, why would you, if you don't want to eat fake food, why do you want to have fake windows? You know, (laughs) there's there's a continuum here that it all sort of sort of makes sense. And why would you, why would you want to, you know, create acres of trash and then um, demolish parts of your house unnecessarily? It all kind of goes together. It does. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so how do you keep up with um, trends in preservation? I love to go to events, and I, I think that's probably the hardest thing for a lot of people who are working in the trades is that they don't have big travel budgets and they, they can't get out to things. But making an effort to go and meet with fellow preservationists uh, we just had a wonderful meeting in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania in February with the uh, Window Preservation Alliance. This is a group, a trade group that was formed two, three years ago now um, to bring together window restorers to raise awareness of window restoration. Uh, we actually got started because there was a preservation conference that had um, one of the big replacement window contractors as a sponsor. And oh, yes. And we said, you know, this is crazy. How can we how can we represent our side of the argument when we don't even have a seat at the table? And so the Window Preservation Alliance, um, you know, we're a trade association. So we now have funds so that we can sponsor events so that we have the the other side of the argument. Um, we're at the table so that we can be part of those discussions. So um, it's, it's exciting how we're we're finding more events. Um, we're helping to sponsor events. Um, there's one coming up in Cincinnati in May that I'm going to where we're going to be restoring windows in two buildings. Um, there's one in San Antonio coming up. Um, and then in September in Detroit, uh, the Preservation Trade Network will be putting on an event, too. So I'm excited about the number of opportunities that we have to meet with one another and talk about what we do, because we're kind of an obscure little profession here. And it's nice to meet other people who know what you're talking about. 
Yes. And that's exciting that you're going all over the country. You know, I wouldn't necessarily think of restoring windows in Texas, you know, and by there are buildings there that have windows to be restored. But, you know, so that's going kind of off of what people would necessarily think about would be, you know, where the historic places are. I, and it's nice that they are, um, you know, people who do this for a living mixed in with community people because, um, you know, a lot of times homeowners do want to learn how to do things, how to get involved, um, but they don't necessarily want to tackle the whole project. So, as uh, my colleague Steve Quillian calls it, the pros and the Joes working together, we get a lot more done in a short period of time. Yeah, very, very exciting. And and that also helps build awareness in the community that there are other options. Uh, right. I know my mom um, used to sit on the uh, historic commission here in Lancaster City, and they would always, you know, people would come in wanting to put vinyl windows in, and they would say, well, there are other options. And people would say, well, no, there aren't, you know, and then it's a whole education process. So that's a way to do it before even those decisions are being made. Um, that is that is very, very exciting. Um so do you have a favorite resource? Well, um, since May is Preservation Month, we uh, last year was the first year we tried to get all members of the Window Preservation Alliance to um, hold an event uh, for Preservation Month. And we did one called a Sash Revival. So we encouraged people to bring in their windows. with Most of them have broken glass. And we showed them how to cut glass, fit glass, and glaze a window. Uh, it was it was a really fun event. Um, my crew had a great time working with people. Most of them came from the next town over, which has a fabulous collection of old houses. Um, so, and there were actually events all across the country, and we're hoping to do that again this year in May. Um, we've had everything from somebody did a driveway pop up. You know, they just put up a tent in their driveway and, and had people work on glazing windows. Um, we had somebody had a, a booth at a farmers market talking about window repairs, and then some people like me opening up their shop to have the public come in and learn more about what we do and actually get their hands on a window. So um, it's really fun to have events like that to, again, trying to raise awareness of what we do. Yes, that that sounds like fun. Um, and to tie it into the National Trust, you know, making, you know, the their whole push for preservation too for that month, it really, it helps build awareness on multiple fronts. I think that's, that's really great and exciting. And I'm kind of sad that I didn't think of it. (laughs) Um, But some days you just have, and again, a lot of times it's just hanging out, talking to our other fellow window restorers going, how, how can we, how can we do this? Right. Well, well, what if we just have people bring in windows? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and cause we've, we've even had classes before, but we never had people bring their own windows in, but that makes so much more sense because then they leave with something that's done. <laughs> they don't have to go back and kind of tackle it themselves. I was trying to do the sad face, happy face, you know, as people came in and left, but uh, I didn't do so good at capturing my photographs, but um, it was nice to be able to have something that they accomplished in one day. Yes, yes, yes. And it makes it le- a little bit less, um, daunting, I would think, for them to, you know, they know that they can at least, you know, if a, if a pane of glass breaks, they know that they can fix that and it doesn't take, you know, all day. Right. And I think we've all had the frustrating experience of trying to get glazing putty to look neat. And uh, we've got a couple tips and techniques that we can show people to get them over that frustrating stage of it's just all goopy and it keeps pulling up and it makes a lumpy mess. And, right. I don't know. 
Okay, we'll help you. <laughs> this will make it easier. So um, right. what do you think makes you different from other businesses that, that do this work? You know, I'm finding there's more similarities than, than dissimilarities in what we do. Um, we've become one of the larger shops. So I've got 10 employees, um, and uh, so we're able to tackle bigger projects. Um, I'm, I think we're also fortunate that in the Boston area, there are a number of window restoration shops. So if we have a really huge project, we can divvy it up and all work together. Um, it's, it's very much a, a collaborative type of, of business, which is great. Um, it makes it much more fun than, than being a competitor. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Uh, why don't you let us know how um, our audience can get a hold of you? Probably the best way is through our website, which is window-woman, W-O-M-A-N-E, for New England.com. Uh, there's a contact us page, which has our, our um, email address on it, or you can always call the workshop at 978-532-2070. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Historic Restorations Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at historic-restorations.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that would get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Historic Restorations Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit us at historic-restorations.com.